This is Ed Stetzer Live, and I'm Ed Stetzer. We come to you this Saturday, well, every Saturday at this time, coast to coast. You can listen online, and increasingly, many of you are listening via the podcast as well. At Moody Radio, we're excited that you gain this information wherever you gain and glean that information. You can go If you're listening live on the radio and you're like, well, I'd, I'd like to listen to this during the week, you can go to edstetzerlive.com and uh, click through there and all the information. Matter of fact, all the Moody Radio programs are there. And we are glad to be on Moody Radio, our partners and affiliates across the country. And uh, really happy to have a conversation with you this and every Saturday. This is, of course, a uh, somber time in the world. And this has been on our TV news screens and more. We've seen the, uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And in doing so, we've seen uh, death and we've seen bravery and we've seen people find comfort uh, in one another and find comfort actually in their faith. Um, we, we, we've, we've seen uh, videos, if you're on social media, you've seen videos of, uh, of Christians praying together and more. And, and in doing so, we, we actually, um, well, we, we can actually see that God grants us grace and comfort in the midst of very difficult times. And, and I, I want to actually, we're going to put up, if you go to edstetzerlive.com, you'll be able to see, I put a link of an article that, that we put up there, uh, Ukrainian Christians singing uh, days before the Russian invasion goes viral. And we've seen uh, more of that take place since the, since the attacks as well. Um, you know, so, 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 it's a so it's a sober time. And yet in the midst of all of this, we can find, must find grace and peace and strength from the Lord. And so I'm very thankful for uh, those of you who are praying. My church actually has a particular, I, I, I'm a teaching pastor at a church called High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. It actually has a very large number of Russians and Ukrainians uh, in the church family. Um, the western suburbs of Chicago and the northern suburbs of Chicago have significant uh, Russian and Ukrainian population. And they're praying for the safety of their families. They're praying for peace. Uh, they're praying for an end to war, and I hope you'll uh, join us in that as well. I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to ask God's grace uh, and his strength. And I'm going to pray for the people of Ukraine. I'm going to pray for the uh, the end to war and for, uh, for just the Lord's will in the midst of it all. Pray with me. Father, thank you that this was not a surprise to you, uh, that you are here and you are there in the midst of much of this difficulty. Uh, Father, I pray for the protection of uh, people. Lord, we've seen and we've grieved when we see uh, loss of life, when we see war. Lord, we pray for a day that the kingdoms of this world would indeed become the kingdoms of our God and King. We pray, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, make all things right. We pray for the safety of the people of Ukraine. We pray for an end to this conflict. We pray that peace would come and justice would be evident and real. Father, I pray particularly for my sisters and brothers in Christ who are um, in, uh, unsure about what the next few days hold, who are um, trusting you. Father, I thank you for the president of the Ukrainian Baptist Seminary who, who, who said, we'll, we'll go underground and keep doing what we're doing. And for many others who are seeking to, to to show forth the love of Jesus in the midst of this crisis, as many of us are supporting ministries and more, um, help us to have the wisdom to know how best to support your people there and uh, see peace come. 
In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thanks for praying with me. I don't think we don't, we don't normally take the time uh, to do that on live on the air, but such an important moment that we're in. Uh, a friend of mine actually uh, uh, asked on Facebook, am I going to be talking about Ukraine in uh, the show? And actually, we're not going to have a lot of focus on that, largely because uh, this is not a show about uh, current events. It's not a show about um, about geopolitical realities, though we can and do uh, grieve with the people of Ukraine in this in this moment. Uh, but we are, we are we have a guest. We're actually going to touch on this some in our conversations, and our guest today is going to help us to do that. Our guest today is actually his name's Chris Corsi. He's a he's an ordained minister. He's a pastoral counselor. He's a published author and a speaker. He and his wife Jen lead and design the Thrive training program, and uh, you, that uses brain based exercises. Uh, we're going to have him explain all that to train leaders, families, and communities in the nineteen relational skills and what he calls the Emmanuel. Uh, lifestyle. His book is actually published by a uh, division of Moody Publishers, so he's part of the Moody Publishing family. So we're happy to have this conversation with him today. You know, just before we came on the program, Chris, and and thank you and welcome to the program. But just before we came on the program, you, you, I, I actually said maybe we will, you know, we won't tie it in much, and you said no, it does, it does sort of tie in so to some of these things. So, so welcome to the program and talk to us a little bit about where this all fits into a, a very, um, a very weighty time in our world. Yes, thank you, Ed. It's good to be here. And you know what? This is a very weighty time in our world. Everybody I talk to is feeling it. And we just, people are feeling overwhelmed. Uh, It's hard to breathe some days. And so, you know, my passion is really helping people to learn how to hold on to joy. Joy's a relational concept. And we actually have this kind of a relational circuit breaker in our brain, which is what I call a joy switch. And you know what? When I feel connected with my people, no matter what's going on around me, I have joy. I feel anchored in the storm because I'm not alone. And when I start to feel alone, I start to feel like, you know, no one's here with me. Uh, This relational circuit breaker basically goes off into what my friend Jim Wilder calls enemy mode. And in enemy mode, I don't have joy, Ed. I, I just focus on problems. I feel bombarded by big feelings and problems. I just feel maxed out. Joy is fleeting. And so, especially with the stuff that's going on in Ukraine, you know, part of the thing that I'm really passionate about teaching is, you know, we can learn to get out of enemy mode. We don't have to stay there. Um, and we, we have world leaders who are basically in enemy mode right now who are attacking other countries. And so we're just watching this play out on a massive global scale. But at the end of the day, this this state of either being in kind of a joyful, glad to be together place or being in enemy mode really sets the tone for my mood, for my relationships, my interactions, my driving, my standing in line at the grocery store. I mean, you name it, across the board, uh, joy is just really something God's designed us for. And that's that's a message we we really need right now, Ed. This is just... This is a hard time, and it's not a time to feel alone. This is a time where we really need connections. We need God's peace, God's joy, and we need our community. And we need to be praying for God to work in some uh, amazing ways right now. Yeah, we actually saw this week, um, uh, you know, there there was a contestant on uh, America's Got Talent, uh, Night Birdie, she called herself, and she, everyone, I think everyone saw her on the program, and she was struggling with cancer, and this week she, she died. And one of the quotes that I think a lot of people 
uh, saw her say is you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. She told mm-hmm. the judges that. And and again, I, I think we're going to probably make some distinction between happiness and joy. Um, but, but I mean, it, it's in the midst of some of the hardest times that it's even more challenging for us to find joy. Uh, that's one of the reasons that, that, you know, we, I think we're caught up in seeing some of these, for example, Ukrainian Christians who are singing together and praying together and, you know, stopping and just, just, just being together. So how does this relate to, um, again, let me just remind everyone too, that the, the book here is called the joy switch. We have five copies of it. We're going to share with some of the folks who call with questions or comments. And it's the joy switch, how your brain's secret circuit affects your relationships and how you can activate it. So right now, um, in a heavy time, we all need to find a way to activate some of that. So I guess the question is, tell us a little bit more about your thesis here about this switch. And tell us, and we, and we don't, we're, we're not just going to focus on Night Birdie or, and, and or Ukraine, but we're going to talk about in relationships and more. But just one more kind of going through in hard times. How can we have that joy in the midst of difficulty that, that we actually see promised and laid out in the scriptures. Is that related to our brain? Is it related to our faith? Is it all the above? How does it work? You know, that's a great question. And when Jesus did his first miracle of turning water into wine, I mean, this was a profound miracle. People could actually taste the effects of what he what he did there. They could experience it. And so joy definitely has this, this it's relational, first of all, but it has a spiritual component as well as a physical component. And so when I started out my ministry about 25 years ago, I started out working with people with severe trauma. And let me tell you, trauma is an excellent way to lose our joy. That just means things are too big, too hard, too scary. I'm too small. Something else is too big. And so what my colleagues and I discovered that when people had a sense that Jesus was with them, even in the hard stuff, it it was always a game changer for their healing, for their journey. They just had the sense that God is with me. I'm not alone. And when people could you know, develop that awareness and that peace and that joy, basically, it was foundational for them getting on their feet. And so we had people who couldn't hold down a job, who were just overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, all of it. But having a sense that God is with me, I'm not alone. And he's not just with me. He's actually glad to be with me. And then also having people in my life, having community who are glad to be with me. And so joy means when you walk into the room, someone's face lights up to see you. Right. Mm. And so you you feel this joy because you see it, you hear it and you feel it. And eventually the words will follow as far as your brain's concerned, but it's the reaction. And so when people are going through hard times and they just have this sense, these folks who are here, these people are glad to be with me because it's me. And that's a reflection of really God's love and God's joy. We have a God who's glad to be with us. And when people have a sense of God's peace, God's presence in some way, shape, or form, they sense that he's glad to see them. He's glad to be with them. And that is good news, that we have a God who wants nothing to separate us from his love and you know, who's willing to go to the cross to pay this price. And if that's not joy, I don't know what is, that we have a God who wants to be with his people, his sheep. And so in hard times, you know, part of what helps us navigate hard times is to have some joy, have that sense that we're not alone. We have people who are with us. I love those images of the Ukraine Christians who are praying, just praying out in the middle of the street while their country's under attack. You have people who are gathering together. They're not alone. They're with each other and they're talking to the living God. 
And so that is joy. That's a picture of, hey, I'm not alone here. And when we have joy, we can suffer well. That means that even though these are hard times, scary times, painful times, I don't forget who I am. I remember who I am. I remember that I'm God's son or God's daughter, and I act like it. And so when I don't have a lot of joy, I kind of forget who I am. And I say things and I do things that I'm embarrassed about later. But when we can be anchored in joy, no matter what's going on, we can stay our relational selves. We can talk and interact with the living God, and we can spread that joy relationally in this world. And you know what? Our world needs that right now. It's everybody's feeling it at some level. It's life-changing. Yeah, guess. It is indeed. Our guest is Chris Corsi, and uh, we're having this conversation about his new book, The Joy Switch, how your brain's secret circuit affects your relationships and how you can activate it. Uh, We're going to take your calls as well. Maybe you'd like to join in, talk about how we're seeking and finding joy in the midst of challenging times or good times for that matter. 877-548-3675 is the number. 877-548-3675. Politics brings more division than ever, and social media is moving many to be less social and more critical. Those with Christian views are also often being dismissed. Well, what if the rise of secularism, though, is good news for the church? Throughout history, these times of decline traditionally precede powerful spiritual renewal, even revival. You need to read Mark Sayers' book, Reappearing Church, The Hopeful Renewal in the Rise of Our Post-Christian Culture. Get a copy of Reappearing Church today at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. Um, 877-548-3675 is our uh, phone number. We're actually talking about joy, finding joy. Particularly, we're talking about Chris Corsi's book, The Joy Switch, How Your Brain's Secret Circuit Affects Your Relationships and How You Can Activate It. And so, okay, Chris, one of the things that I, I you know, I hear this and I'm like, okay, I want to turn on that switch. So, um, I mean, it sort of sounds science fiction-y. Like, and, and actually the cover of the book has a picture of a switch. It's got joy on the top and off on the bottom. So um, is it as easy as flipping a switch? And if so, how do I flip that switch and have joy that lasts? Yes, this is a great question, Ed. And you know what? This this all comes from the work of a guy by the name of Dr. Alan Shore from UCLA and my friend Jim Wilder basically took all this really complex brain science and he simplified it. And my colleagues call this this relational circuit breaker in our brain. They call it a relational circuit. And so this relational circuit can go on and on or off very much like a light switch. So when you walk into a room and you flip the switch, the light comes on. You don't even think about it. And so emotionally, mentally, relationally, we have this switch that can be on. When it's on, I'm expecting some joy. I'm, I'm expecting to see my friend that I haven't seen in a while. We're going to grab a coffee. I, I've been on a trip and I'm coming home to see my wife and my sons. And so I know when I walk into that house, I'm going to light up to see them. They're going to be glad to see me. So that's, that's this joy concept. But you know what? If I walk into the room and I get a look of disgust, which I'm sure we've all experienced, somebody's not glad to see us. What happens is this switch can go off. And when the switch goes off, I go from being my relational self, flexible, patient, understanding, compassionate. When it goes off, I go into this enemy mode, basically, where the people I love start to feel more like enemies. And now I want to defend myself. I want to justify myself. I want to make the the anger stop in some way. And so this is usually when fear is running the show. 
And I can, you know, I can think about times I'd love my family. I love interacting with my sons who are 10 and 11. We have a lot of fun, but there's times when I feel the difference when my brain goes into enemy mode. As much as I love my kids, I'm overwhelmed by their intensity or the stimulation or the noise. And it's it's pretty much just like night and day difference. When, when your relational circuit, this joy switches on, your, your relational self, you enjoy people, you're curious about what they're thinking about, you want to be kind, you can feel appreciation, you look people in the eyes. But when the switch goes off, you're just, you're overwhelmed, you're angry, you want to be on your phone, you don't want to interact with people, people feel like an annoyance, uh, you're, you're, you're just not happy to be with other people. And it's in enemy mode, usually where things really go south. We say the things we wish we could take back, we we have a chip on our shoulder. People can often look at you and tell whether you're in relational, joyful mode or whether you're in enemy mode where you just don't want to be bothered by people. And I had a coworker who used to be very confused why people didn't want to interact with him when, when they walked into his office. And I had to give him some helpful feedback that like, well, do you notice that when, when people walk into your office, you're grumpy, you start slamming things, you're just you're just not looking like you're very happy to see people. And he said something interesting. He said, well, you know what? I actually want interaction. And I said, well, let's see if we can find a better way because people were seeing his mannerisms. They were seeing his responses. They're saying, I'm not going to interact with this guy. He's, he's, you know, he's not in a good place. So joy is just, I am glad it's you. I'm glad we can be together, even though we're navigating this hard situation, this painful situation, this conflict, whatever it is that's going on in your life. We're not alone. We're glad to be together. This keeps us in what I call a relational sweet spot where joy is present instead of fear or some unwanted emotion that would be robbing us in some way, shape, or form. Fascinating. It's Fascinating night and, and helpful. Day. I think yeah. helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so a couple, you know, I look at the scriptures on a lot of these issues and we see over and over again a reference to, uh, you know, joy, count it all joy, my James 1 2, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Um, we see these ideas that joy would come in the midst of trusting the Lord and having peace and strength. But you're saying it's it's that and also has a relational component. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. So when we see joy in the Bible, it's it's a relational concept. And so that means this is about relationships. So I love the verse in Hebrews 12, too, where it says, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so this joy is not happiness that, oh, I can't wait to go to the cross. The joy is, hey, you know what? You are worth it. So for the joy that was set before him, like insert your name right there. So it was for you. Jesus endured the cross, despised the shame. And so joy is a relationship. Even when Jesus talked in John about he's spoken to us so that his joy would be in us and that our joy would be full. And so here you see this very relational concept that Jesus is with us and being with Jesus somehow fills our joy. And there's lots of really neat references to joy in the Bible. And it helps to understand those it's a relational concept. So happiness is circumstantial. I'm happy because I, I bought a new shirt today. I'm happy because I, I grabbed a coffee. Joy is, hey, I am glad to be with you as I enjoy this coffee. I'm glad we can connect. I've missed you. I've looked forward to catching up with you. So joy is, we are here together. 
we're glad to be together. And you know what? When we're not glad to be together, we learn how to get back to joy because, you know, joy's as good as my ability to manage what I feel, basically. So if you're in a conflict, you might not be feeling a whole lot of joy with someone, even if it's someone you love. But what you can do is learn to get back to this glad to be together again. That's the goal. Mm. So Makes it's sense. not like Makes white sense. knuckling it. It's This is actually a yeah. relational. We're glad to be here. Let me remind everyone, our number is 877-548-3675. We're talking about joy, sometimes in hard times, but joy in general. We're talking around Chris Corsi and his uh, new book, The Joy Switch. Um, and we want to encourage you, we have some copies of that book. We're going to give away to some amazing callers uh, who call with a question or a comment. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. Let's go to Lucy in Cleveland, Ohio. Lucy, you're live on the air. What's your question or comment? Hi, good afternoon, and thank you so much for talking about this topic. What a what an important time to talk about joy. So thank you, Chris, yeah. for it. My question is, how do you ascertain um, if it's the devil, you know, who is the enemy, right, the enemy of enemies? How do you know if it's the devil, you know, trying to steal your joy in a moment? Uh, and what what is the number one thing you can do to, to turn that off in that moment? Super question. You know, too. I want you to hold on and let know. Chris answer, but we're going to give you a copy uh, of his book. Uh, Chris, we, we often hear, don't let the devil steer your joy. So let's weigh in on her two-part question. How do we ascertain if it's the enemy and what's the number one thing we can do in that moment? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And you know what? We know the devil comes to steal, kill, and, joy, and, and destroy. And you can guarantee he does not want God's people to have joy. And so one of the things you look at is what's the fruit of something here? So if I'm having an interaction with someone and I'm feeling accused, I'm feeling ashamed in some unhelpful way, what's the fruit of it? And so is this is this actually drawing me closer to Jesus? Uh, does this bring me peace? Or is this like something that feels toxic? And so the devil wants to work very hard to rob our joy and basically to, to scare us. He's really good at scaring people. And so whenever you see fear present in, in how you're feeling, what's going on, that's always an opportunity to find some joy. And what I do, I would just make it a practice of finding people who can pray with you, find opportunities to share some joy. And so if I'm having a bad day and I just feel like, boy, I don't have a whole lot of joy right here in this situation, I'll reach out to someone uh, that I trust and, hey, would you pray with me? Or I could use some joy. I could use some peace. And so... God's signature is peace. And so I find that when there's truly relational joy, you will find peace that's a part of that. So if something's robbing your peace, it's probably robbing your joy as well. So that's an opportunity to think about God's gifts in your life. What are you thankful for? What are some of the good things that God's done in your life? Let's talk to Jesus about what's going on. Let's ask for his peace. Let's invite other people who can walk with us and pray with us as well, because we can guarantee the enemy will try to steal our joy. And the goal is this should drive us to Jesus. This should drive us to the people that we trust who can pray with us. And when you're with people who are glad to be with you, uh, it, it literally changes your brain. It changes your brain chemistry. And so we have a God who's glad to be with us. And it's life-giving yeah, to have I, those people as well. Uh, the, the the brain chemistry thing, I think, is an important thing I want to talk about, too. But let's take one more call, and then we'll get to that. Jenny in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, where it is always nice and sunny. Uh, Jenny, you're live on the air. <laughs> uh, thank you for speaking about Count It All Joy. Um, I just met a girl uh, this morning who is 
so down and I'm so full of him. I, I think this book, the joy switch, uh, I would love to give to her, uh, and to help her, uh, see different ways to take joy in life, even though she's a single and she's been a single a long time. So, uh, my question is, is there something that you can help me help her with? Uh, like question, that question that I just came in, um, you know, uh, the enemy is trying to steal her joy. Um, so maybe you yeah. can give me a Sorry. few other pointers that I can give to her. Yeah, that's, that's good, Jenny. If you'll hold on the line, too, we, we're going to give you a copy of Chris Corsi's book, The Joy Switch. Chris, we have about 30 seconds. I want you to talk more on the other side, but take about 30 seconds and talk uh, maybe some ways that we can help someone else find that joy. Yeah, one of the best things you can do with your friends and family is invite them to share with you times they felt some joy. So, hey, what were some times this past week where you felt someone was glad to be with you or you felt that sense that Jesus was glad to be with you? Just thinking about those times and sharing those stories, your brain actually responds as though you're reliving the moment all over again. So talk about joy, think about joy, feel joy, and invite her to share some of those moments from her life, from her week, from her month, and watch what happens. Good, good. And we're going to continue your conversation in just a moment. Why don't you stay with us? We're taking your calls as well, 877-548-3675. And, you know, I want to talk some about joy and the relationship to loneliness and relationship. Again, inviting your calls, 877-548-3675. We're talking to Chris Corsi about his new book, The Joy Switch. Stay with us. We continue this important conversation. Sure. So with joy, joy is relational. Joy means we're glad to be together. And so even reflecting on God's gifts, you know, reflecting on the people, the moments, the opportunities where we felt some joy, our brain responds as though we're reliving the moment all over again. That means the feel-good chemicals are released. Your body's responding as though you went back in time and you lived that joy moment all over again. And just this morning I was reading in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So very literally when we are thankful, this puts us in the best relational spot that our brain and nervous system can be in. So when you have friends who are going through tough times, it really helps that they don't feel so alone, that they feel seen, heard, and understood. And at the end of the day, that they feel like you're glad to be with them, even though they're going through this crisis, they're going through this conflict, whatever it is that's going on. The worst thing for your, your brain is when you feel alone. And so connecting thinking about, talking about, enjoying God's gifts, those moments of glad to be together joy. That's probably one of the best gifts you could you could give your friend is just inviting 
her to share some of the good stuff and reflect on those times. And then even notice, how does it feel as we're even talking about it right here? We're looking for God's signature, which is peace that's that's often present with our moments of joy. Love it, love it. And I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm back. So, uh, and we've got some good calls lined up as well. Thank you for that answer, Chris. And 877-548-3675 is our number. Again, 877-548-3675. One of the things um, we want to talk about is people often talk about how this relates to their children and more. So -hmm. let's go to Jeremy in Wabash. I think it is Indiana. Jeremy, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I've recently been listening to Moody Radio, um, and I want to thank you guys for everything um, that you guys do and getting the word out there. Um, I recently have kind of rediscovered my faith a little bit, um, and I'm trying to work on my faith and really become a good person because I want to be a good spiritual leader for my son. Um, we've been going through some tough times lately. He's getting ready to turn 16. He's having some issues with respect and um, a few other things. And I, for some reason, um, by the grace of God, I'm guessing, um, decided to turn on Moody Radio today, um, and I was really shocked when you guys were talking about this because I have a problem with allowing joy in my life. And my question is, is how, what advice would you have for me to not only be able to flip the joy switch in my life, but to be able to help my son because he just informed me two nights ago that he has this overwhelming sense of sadness in his life and it crushed yeah. me and yeah. I wanted to know what I could do to also help him yeah well Jeremy let's 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 have Chris weigh in if you'll also stay on the line too we want to give you a copy of uh, Chris's book that I, I think will be a help it's called the joy switch how your brain's secret circuit affects your relationships and how you can activate it Chris I'm gonna have you weigh in for just a second too but mm-hmm. let me let me also mention that um that with the complexity of a situation like this, if your son is experiencing uh, depression, if he's experiencing um, uh, issues related to mental health, that we want to encourage you that that we, the advice you're going to get here is going to be good and helpful, mm-hmm. but it's also appropriate to engage someone at your church, and it might involve also engaging someone in counseling or even where there's physiological issues. So let me just say those things. But Chris, just broadly, um, you know, Jeremy is talking about his engaging his own faith and also wanting to help his son. What advice would you give for the many parents who will be listening who have similar questions? Yeah, it's a great question. And you know what? There's a lot happening in the brain during the teenage years. There's a lot of changes. And for the teenage brain, it can be hard to hold on to joy. It can be hard to actually quiet. And so when I can rest, rest actually recharges my battery so I can build more joy because joy is a high energy emotion. So if you see joy with an infant, what happens? An infant will, their faces will light up. They'll kick their feet. They'll swing their arms. You'll hear it on their voice. So joy is a very euphoric experience for the human brain. So with your son, uh, especially here, Jeremy, what I would recommend is 
use an opportunity when you interact with him to make sure that you're conveying what you appreciate about him. So I call appreciation package joy. And appreciation is just, you know, putting words to some of the joy in the relationship. So I would let him know the things you enjoy about him. It's important that he doesn't feel so alone. And I, I like, Ed, what you shared, that definitely this is a time if he's having these big feelings, doesn't know what to do with Be resourceful. Bring in someone from the church, somebody who can help him. But what you can do is proactively convey your joy, show your joy. That means, you know, genuinely, don't fake it, but genuinely convey. If you're glad to be with him, show it on your face, in your voice. Um, Share the qualities you appreciate about him. The goal here for your son is just so he doesn't feel alone in this. When I feel alone in my feelings, that creates the toughest conditions for me to be able to manage what I feel. And so invite him, uh, you know, to talk about what helps when he feels these feelings. Would he be willing to talk with you about it? Um, Be a good listener, you know, be able to validate what it must feel like for him to feel this stuff and to be struggling with this stuff Um, and discover what kinds of things are restorative and what kinds of things are healing and what kinds of things are helpful. Um, But and share your joy, you know, share some times in your life, some of your favorite memories with him. And again, do this when he's in a place to do it. Don't try to force it with a teenager. It doesn't, doesn't go well. But just invite your son to go do something, you know, fun. And then use it as an opportunity to share your joy. Share the stories, some of your favorite stories with your son. And be a good listener. Be a good listener. The main thing is that he feels seen, that he feels heard, that he feels understood. So that creates the conditions for joy. And what joy does over time is it basically gives us strength to better navigate negative emotions. So sadness is a negative emotion. My brain has to learn, how do I feel these feelings? How do I get back to joy? So if he feels seen, heard, and understood by you, that in and of itself is one of the best gifts that you can give him. Um, But if it's big, you know, and if he needs help, bring in those resources that can help as well. This is, this is the fact that he shared this with you is is a compliment. That's a compliment to the relationship that he even shared how he was feeling. So invite him to share at his pace. Be present. You know, I always tell parents, put down your phones when you're interacting with your kids. Phones are not helpful for joy. And just give give your children your attention. Be good listeners and just convey your joy. You, You are glad to be with your son. It's genuine. It's authentic. Don't fake it. And just invite him to share what what would be helpful when he's feeling these things. And let's explore that together. That's how I would approach yep. that. And Jeremy, let me too encourage you, you know, as, as a parent of, I guess, two teenagers and one in, in her early 20s, is parenting in those teen years um, was one of the most challenging things. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk to people, get, you know, get, you mentioned that you're kind of rediscovering your faith. Get involved in a, in a, in a church that loves the word of God, loves the gospel, and and if you're not already, you may be, and um, and 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 have those conversations in community with other people. That'll help you with your own joy to be in those conversations with others who are kind of on that journey um, as well. Let's take some more calls here. We're going to go to Patricia in Hills. I think it's Hillside, Illinois. Uh, Patricia, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, I just wonder how you have joy when you're a workaholic. I'm I'm 89 and my husband is 91 and we have lots of work to do constantly. It, it's hard to keep up with it, and I get overwhelmed and irritable and 
I just get uh, out of hand. And I just like to know, how do you handle that? No, it's a great question, Patricia. I want to, Chris. We're going to go ahead and uh, and want to give you the opportunity to have a little more time to answer that question. And so, and we're going to remind people too to you can call us at eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Patricia, if you'll hold on the line, we're going to actually give you a copy of Chris's book, The Joy Switch: How the Brain's Secret Circuit Affects Your Relationships. And I can activate it. And in just a moment, when we come back, we're going to talk. Well, how do we do find this joy if we're busy all the time? Chris will answer that. And take your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back. Ed Setzer Live. We're here talking to Chris Corsi and about his new book, The Joy Switch. And uh, it's actually uh, how the your brain's secret circuit affects your relationships. I can't say secret circuit five times fast. Uh, and But thank you for the book, Chris. It's super helpful. And, you know, you 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 published it in, uh, it just came out in the middle of, you know, a really tumultuous time in our world and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like Patricia's question. And I want to kind of zero in on, because the last few years have just, so many people are just overwhelmed with so many things. She talked about workaholism, so much busyness. How do you found joy in all of that? Yeah, that's so relevant for our times. And you know what? I wrote this book with 19 exercises. So one of the very practical things I would suggest is just practice the exercises. When your brain practices some joy, your brain likes it. It's good. And you, and you can train yourself to expect it. But ultimately, joy is about has to do with our attention. What are we focusing on? And so many of us do have to work and we have to work hard. We have to work long days. And so I liken this to the the example of Moses in the pasture and he notices the bushes on fire. So he stops what he's doing. He pauses, he turns and he looks and he notices, why is this bush being consumed? It's just in flames. So in a sense, joy is that purposeful pausing and take a deep breath and think about what is good right now. What are you thankful for? Who do you enjoy? Who do you appreciate? What are some of your favorite things in life? So it's ideally you would think about the good stuff, but then you would also interact with someone. Even if you have, you know, 90 seconds to just turn and talk about something that was meaningful, something that was life-giving. What has God done in your life that, that you're thankful for? What are some of God's gifts in your life? So what we're doing here is just training our attention to pause, look away from the busyness, the craziness, the hard stuff, just for a moment, take a breath and reflect on what are some of God's gifts. And ideally you would share that with people. So if you have a chance to share it with a coworker, a family member, a friend, joy isn't hard to start. It's harder to sustain. And so we can start joy pretty easily. It's like, a you know, people have no problem with joy on their wedding day. It's just, how do I sustain joy over the, over the long haul? And part of it is just being very purposeful, pausing, look, think, and feel the good stuff and share it with people that you love. Verbalize what you enjoy about people. And you know what? The world can use more joy. I find there's no shortage of opportunities to share joy. And I think God puts us in situations sometimes to be his agents to share joy. And so just take take that time to pause, reflect on God's gifts and where you can share it with other people and just notice the effects. What happens when you think about joy? What happens when you share joy? What do you notice in you? What do you notice in the people around you? Joy is contagious. And so I just encourage, Patricia, a little bit of joy goes a long way. 
Yeah, I think we mentioned, Patricia, that our producer will jump on the line and give you a copy of the book, The Joy Switch. Um, Chris, you mentioned five roadblocks that hinder us from the kind of relational living that leads to joy. What are some of the roadblocks that prevent us from staying in that kind of relationship with people? You know, this is very important because there's a whole lot of things in this world that can rob our joy. And one of the most common things is any any time I feel threatened. So if I'm driving and somebody cuts me off on the road, you can be having a wonderful, joyful moment with, with a spouse or a friend. Somebody cuts you off. What happens? Your brain quickly shifts to focusing on a problem, right? Because you got to, you, you're afraid. So anytime I just, you know, feel threatened in some way, shape or form that puts my brain in enemy mode. So we want to take the pause. Let's get relational again. Anytime I have unprocessed pain from my life, that likes to sneak into the present. And so sometimes we get splinters that need to be removed. Anytime something reminds me of pain, guess what happens? Your brain goes into enemy mode. So it's time to pause, to quiet. Let's get some joy going. Anytime I feel alone, as I said earlier, feeling alone creates the toughest conditions to process pain. And so connect with people visit with friends, you know, be, be very purposeful about interacting with others. Physical needs. My wife and I like to joke that I can tell by the tone of her voice when, when she's losing her joy, when her blood sugar starts to crash. And so we're mm -hmm. very purposeful when we go on trips, let's bring snacks. Um, I have a back issue. And so my wife can look at my face and she knows when I'm losing my joy because I'm in back pain and I need some ice, right? So just taking care of yourselves and noticing, you know, lack of sleep. For me, that's a great way to lose my joy when I don't get sleep. So be very purposeful about protecting things that help you to sustain joy. And then the last thing is just I'm missing relational skills. So my brain actually has to learn how do I rest when I need a breather? How do I learn to return to joy from my anger, my shame, my sadness? How do I notice when people need a breather and I can pause to let them rest? These are relational skills. My wife and I run a ministry training relational skills. And so sometimes it's hard for me to hold on to joy because I'm not quieting. And if you're not resting, you're not quieting, it's going to be really hard to jumpstart that engine. And so when I'm missing important relational skills, that's basically there's just some gaps in my character that need a little bit of attention. And so I find that very practically take a few minutes each day to quiet, take a few minutes to check in with yourself, check in with people around you. A little bit goes a long way to basically close some of these gaps so that I can better hold on to joy in a given day. And Chris talks, these are the roadblocks. He talks about this in the book, The Joy Switch. Uh, Chris mm -hmm. Corsi is the author as well. Uh, let's try to get in a call. We've got to be pretty quick on the callers, but let's uh, let's go to Maggie in Lake Forest, California. What's your question or comment, Maggie? Hi, good morning. Um, yes, I'd, I'd like to know the difference between um, transitional loss of joy versus how to distinguish if it's depression like an adult. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second question would be like um, how uh, how to do the same thing for uh, I guess it's the same question, but for uh, a child like a ten year old. Okay, okay. Thank you, Maggie. If you'll stay in the line too, we want to give you a copy of Chris's books. Chris, let's talk about depression related to joy. Walk through that with us. We got about two minutes left. Yes, you know what? Your brain runs on whatever it's used to doing more most of the time, and so if I'm just getting stuck in anger, guess what's going to happen over time? My personality is going to form around anger. 
And the same can be true when joy, if joy is not as strong as it could be, then oftentimes weeds of fear or weeds of something else can grow in that garden. And so one of the things I encourage people to do is start practicing purposeful joy, taking time each day. My friend Jim Wilder says, if you practice appreciation, which is packaged joy, three times a day for five minutes at each setting, you do that for 30 days, it resets your nervous system to run on joy and peace. And so what I would do, I do we do this as a family uh, each din- at, at the dinner table. If you join us for a dinner in our household every night at dinner, we talk about three highlights from our day that brought us some joy. And we share something that didn't bring us joy. We share something that was sad from our day or hard from our day. And for every sad thing that we share, we highlight three more good things. So we're acknowledging the hard stuff because hard stuff happens. But what we're trying to do is amplify the good stuff. And so my first recommendation for the adult as well as with with children is purposefully practice this each day. Your brain runs on patterns. It just does what it's used to doing, good or bad. So if you insert joy into that equation, notice what happens in the next week. Notice what happens for two weeks. Um, If it's not going away, that's where I highly recommend finding trusted people, trusted Christian counselors, people who can help you. Um, if it is something more going on, but I tell people a little bit of joy goes a long way. And that's why I put the exercises in the book. I want people to practice it and think about the good stuff, feel the good stuff, share the good stuff. And with children, you can say, Hey, how does that feel when we just shared these highlights from our day? What did you notice in the group when we did this? So we draw attention to the effects of joy and that basically trains your brain to notice when joy's low. So I can pause and get some more joy going. So thankfully we have a God who's glad to be with us. He wants his children to have joy. And again, joy is not happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is relational. So we have relationships where people are glad to be together. We feel seen, heard, and understood. We're not alone for someone is with us. And that's the joy that we're talking about here today. Good. So much, so much helpful stuff there, Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on Ed Setzer Live. The author, of course, is Chris Corsi. The book is The Joy Switch. It's published by Northfield Publishing, one of the imprints of Moody Press, uh, Moody Publishing. And we're super thankful for uh, Chris being part of the Moody family and us having this discussion on Moody Radio, our partners and affiliates. By the way, let me remind you that Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute, right? And we're super thankful for the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to serve you through this program. Let me thank, again, my guest, Chris Corsi, and thanks to behind the scenes team here at Moody Radio, my producer, Karen Hendren, engineer, Courtney Young, Eric Tidwell, manning the phones today. Tune in next week. I'm going to sit down with an old friend, Justin Holcomb is his name. We're going to talk about Jesus, his humanity, his deity, and his ministry, and study how the character of Jesus can really daily draw you closer to him. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or on the Moody Radio app. If you haven't gotten the app, you really should. All kinds of resources there. As always, if you want to know what's coming up on a program, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. Super thankful for the conversation today. Let's continue to pray for our friends and our followers of Jesus and more in Ukraine.